On this episode, we watched Left Behind. Uh, is it about butts? I know that's what you like. Yeah, it's about the left butt cheek. <laughs> Flop House. I'm Dan McCoy. It's about time. I'm Stuart Wellington. Uh, enough of these dudes. Welcome Elliot Kalen into your hearts. And now for the star, Hallie Haglund. <laughs> hey, Hold on a second. Real <laughs> swooping in with coup d'etat. Yeah, not not even an and featuring. No, just no. this. And or now the and star. Introducing. Thing. Uh, so Hallie is the star of the show. What's what what? What's different now that you're the star? Yeah, I guess it's a lot of pressure on you, huh? Yeah, you're really carrying this thing. I don't know. I think I'm the kind of star that, like, you don't realize the storyline is really about at the beginning, and then all of a sudden you're like, why does she keep catching my attention? Uh Um, I mean, usually the star you know right away because you recognize them. It's like a Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy type situation where you know it's Colin Firth the whole time because all the other suspects. I thought that was Gary Oldman. (laughs) Gary Oldman's in it. Gary Oldman. That it's it's the it's the quickest route to Gary unmarried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gary dying alone is what it's called. Gary old man. Um, Gary old man, look at your life. That's, that's Neil Young's song. Ironically, I'm a lot like Um. So this is a podcast. I probably don't need to reiterate that part of it. Yeah. Where we watch a bad movie. And then we talk about it. And now you listen to it. And we got a special guest for your ears. You'll never guess who it is. It's me. <laughs> the star of the show. Hallie Hagelund. Star of the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's one of those shows like Blake 7 or something where the star, in quotes, doesn't appear for most of the episodes. Mm. Uh, yeah, so I guess I'll leave. <laughs> uh-huh. See you later. Gotta go. Walk, walk, walk away. Walk away. Slams giant away. vault door. <laughs> <laughs> Sound effects of hoverboat. <laughs> Just imagine what that sounds Why like. Does Hallie travel every place, everywhere in a hoverboat? Is that like a hovercraft, or is it a boat that also hovers? Hey, man. Is it like an enchanted uh, pirate ship? It's Yeah, it's like a Flying Dutchman type thing that actually flies. No, it's, it's like, like what you travel through the Everglades with. Because uh, I'm a, a bayou fan. baby. Yeah, it's a fan boat. <laughs> That's why you're wearing cut-off shorts. <laughs> and have a big machete knife in your hand. And have and a gator have tooth this, necklace. Yeah, have this gator around my neck. <laughs> That's a whole what, gator. What, gator. That's a lot stole. of teeth. <laughs> gator stole. It's so uncomfortable. So knobbly. Yeah, she flies around in that ship that Bowser has from Super Mario World. He has a ship? It's a flying it's pirate an airship. ship. Yeah. Oh, okay. Huh? I thought it was the fan boat that Bayou Billy drove around in. Uh, that's a different boat. Okay. Bowser uses that when he's on vacation. <laughs> so we settled that. That yep. was the first so we order know that of business. Hallie's a Bayou babe <laughs> just hunting Nutria to sell their pelts. <laughs> <laughs> Picking crawdads out of the water and just sucking them down. <laughs> Raw. Yep. 
So uh, this is the fourth most popular. A real swamp person. <laughs> what? Fourth most popular. This is the fourth... I use snakes for toothpicks. <laughs> <laughs> what do you like? Picks? You like whip them out and they yeah, stay. Uh, oh, you you freeze them? I thought you said toothpaste. They said like you just put a snake on a toothbrush and rub it in your mouth. And afterwards it's like, it's a living. And the snake is like, no, contrary to popular belief, I'm not slimy. My skin is quite dry. So use them as toothpicks. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, a real beast of the southern wild, Hallie Hagland. I was going to say that this is uh, the fourth most popular holiday on the Flophouse calendar. After what? Shocktober? Sure. Smallvember? Yeah. Cagemas. Cagemas. And now we got Cagemas in July. Is it technically a different holiday? <laughs> Cagemas in July. One is the, but the shattery reflection of the other. The shattery reflection? <laughs> yep. Like it's an end of mirror. Shattery men on a shattery planet. <laughs> uh, first CD I ever bought. Um, yeah. So we watched a Nicolas Cage movie. Yeah. Oh, Left Patron Behind. Sings. Now this is a remake of a Kirk Cameron movie. So that's where Nicolas Cage so has sunk to. Up the star. Or it's another adaptation of the same book. Uh, okay. Still, a book that previously was adapted into a Kirk Cameron vehicle. Yes. <laughs> um, and it's a This it's isn't a exactly a new book. version of Dracula. No, no. I mean, I'm not saying this is a new production of Hamlet or something like that. I'm just saying that the source material. I'm glad you're not saying that because this would be a very <laughs> off-text adaptation of Hamlet. I do not remember the scene in Hamlet where Laertes was raptured, nor do I remember the scene where Hamlet had to land a plane <laughs> with no... Uh, no word well, from the maybe air traffic Shakespeare control. could learn a little something th- about excitement. Yeah, where movie. do you think uric went? <laughs> what uric acid <laughs> <laughs> comes out the bladder? <laughs> yep. I don't know. I mean, in the original text, there was a skull, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's true. what I'm saying. That's the guy who got raptured. Uric. Everything right? but the uric. skull got uric. <laughs> I, ha- I have an accent. I'm a Bayou babe with an accent. Now imagine if a guy got raptured and left his skull behind. His head would be all soft and mushy in heaven. It'd just be a brain inside of a skin. Set. He was wearing a skull hat. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense. So his hat is, is is here, not his real skull. Yeah. So what Hamlet picks up that skull is to say, "Alas, poor Yorick, I knew his hat, Horatio." Ah, uh, no, this I hat once well. had a tongue. Yeah, that he was sing. saying, "I knew him well." This was his favorite hat. <laughs> I rode the back of this hat often. <laughs> Such jests came out of this hat. <laughs> and 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 your and uh, his and his friend uh, Horatio is like Hamlet. You be crazy. <laughs> Anyway, so left behind. Princes be crazy. So, <laughs> the, so Dan, this is one of those religious movies. Yeah, it's religious. This, <laughs> this has to do with that crazy religion that I don't. I'm not a part of. Yeah, mine. <laughs> yeah, Except for what's called Christianity. It's, it's yeah, a guy it's named a, Chris. Mm-hmm. Chris a, Angel. <laughs> yep, that's right. <laughs> He's a mind freak. A- angel forms so many miracles. And so miracles. saith the Lord unto the people, Thy mind shall be freaked. <laughs> he performed the miracle of the freaked mind. <laughs> And the miracle of the mind that was freaked. And so the Lord did make himself seen at the Hard Rock Cafe in Times Square for a long-running engagement in thine theater space. Uh, I mean, Christianity, you know, there's a lot of different sects. There's a lot of different... Hello. Wow, yeah, how do you got so many of them? How do you got so many of them? How do you think? You, you're like you sound like a kid in like an old 1950s commercial. How do you got so many of them? Well, Hallie. 
So this is, but this is an evangelical movie. Yeah, Except this, this is, is. They kind of they took a lot of the evangelical out of this movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, as I said late in the movie, like this is the only movie where like the rapture is really a MacGuffin as a backdoor into a uh, land a plane thriller. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we'll get to that. So should we start from the beginning? Yeah. Let's. It's a very good place to start. Where a young college student movie explodes into your eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> Smash cut to beginning of movie. Smash cut to the movie starts. You buckle on your seatbelt. Okay. Opening credits. Names fly fast and furious. One of them is Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage. Hence, Cagemas in July. And Mm -hmm. let's just say this at the top. I'm just going to say this at the top before we get to the plot. Nicolas Cage, somewhat out of place in this relatively low-budget religious movie. Yeah, Mm because he's putting in a performance. Is it the best performance? No. But it's an actual. It's certainly the best performance performance in the movie. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm not sure of that. The dude who played Herman's head did a pretty good job (laughs) playing a pile of clothes. He played Herman. Let him now imagine that the it show took is four different actors to play Herman's head. That's a uh, very good point. Yeah, dude. I think we're overlooking the dwarf standout performance. <laughs> there is an angry dwarf in this film, and he's mm-hmm. pretty great. He's Don't look now. Real... There's an angry dwarf. Yeah, it ends with him stabbing uh, Donald Sutherland to death. Uh, so... No, Donald in this? <laughs> yeah. He has a overrated sex scene with Julie Christie. Whoa, overrated? Wait, hot someone take. telling you that it was super sexy? <laughs> they all, it is. Like, whenever you see one of those lists of, like, the sexiest sex Donald scenes. Donald Sutherland like, scene. The most realistic sex scene. Realistic, yeah. Yeah. Not sexy. I don't even think it's that realistic. It's what's just like, realistic about it is that he then brushes his teeth naked afterwards, yeah, what's, which is very realistic about that's being true. a couple. What's realistic about it is his pasty butt that is not. Well, yeah, whoa, he, didn't get a, he didn't get a stunt butt. Yeah, if that's what, it, wouldn't it have been weird if he took off his clothes and then they're just close-ups <laughs> of like this perfectly sculpted yeah. butt, like a bodybuilder's John butt. Cena's butt in there. <laughs> yep. Which he smuggled would be weird a, he smuggled he a pumpkin onto set. He would have. <laughs> Not existed at that time. <laughs> so, it's, what's, so what's great about that scene mm-hmm. is it was one of the first scenes I saw that showed kind of like casual sexuality Full and nudity between a <laughs> yeah exactly no like a married couple being very casually just like nude not in a sexual way around yeah. each other which is something I had not seen in a movie before then so don't look now I guess is a way so to is this about. a peek into your Day-to-day life where you're just goofing around naked? I mean, just pretty much, yeah. Running around. Winnie the Pooh it up. They're all naked. <laughs> Winnie, the, Winnie the Pooh wears a shirt. <laughs> yeah, but you got your well, I mean, to be fair, Sammy's naked a lot, but he's an 18-month-old kid. I know, but I like imagining that you guys, too, are like, well, if it's, if that's the when, rule. When in baby when in Rome. <laughs> when in Lil Rome. This is a clothing Nothing optional house. Nothing in the rule says I can't be naked. <laughs> Turns out you're all nudist. This like isn't, we don't know about this it. This isn't inappropriate until he's a little bit older. <laughs> <laughs> Strip him off. <laughs> no, we don't hang out in the nude, but he's certainly. Why? Are you his... ashamed of your body? <laughs> oh, man. What are you Elliot, teaching You have a beautiful body. Thank you should never be ashamed. <laughs> you know what? You're right. Let me just show it off right now. Oh, oh, button, oh it's like no, no, Chip and no. Dale getting naked in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> Both of the rescue rangers. <laughs> There's four rescue rangers. I'll be Monterey Jack. Five. Well, oh, that there's, little buzzy yeah, fly the shit? There's, <laughs> the, there's the bug. There's Gadget, Monterey Jack, and I don't know, the bug. <laughs> Whatever the fuck that is. What has the bug ever done? I mean, Zipper, Monterey Jack, Zipper was to be honest, name. Monterey Jack is a bit of a stretch to call him a rescue ranger since all he does is get hypnotized by cheese <laughs> and get floated around by his nose and get in the way and cause trouble. Gadget is holding that team together. Yeah, no. She's the penny of the group. Sure. 
We can all agree. Yeah. So I'll be Monterey Jack. I'll be Naked Chip and Dale. <laughs> Dan will be that little shit bug you were talking about. Penny had both an iPad and an iWatch before any of us. Mm-hmm. That's true. Well, her dad was Steve Jobs. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so who is inspecting so what relationship? He was her uncle. Gadget. So uncle Gadget. So Gadget, Gadget yeah. is Steve uh, Jobs' brother, Yeah, Steve Jobs' original name was Steve Gadget, <laughs> and he thought it was too on the nose. Yeah. So he said, well, I'm creating many jobs with my company. I'll be Steve Jobs. <laughs> so his brother like, must have gotten shot up in a RoboCop-style <laughs> gangland. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. And Steve yeah. Jobs is like, I'll fix him. I'll make the him better than The official backstory of Inspector Gadget is that he was injured by slipping on a banana peel. Oh, really? That's canon. Oh. Canon films. On <laughs> Golden Globus. <laughs> and now I like to think that Steve Jobs and Steve Gadget, but he wanted to uh, he wanted to move away from his klutzy family, and there, and he was applying for a job, and they're like, so you say you want the job, huh? What's your name? My name's Steve uh, Jobs. <laughs> like, well, I like that name. That's the name, the name makes, of a winner. <laughs> makes me think of a working man. I like it. I'll hire you to be a tech visionary. <laughs> You're going to wear turtlenecks and never actually invent anything on your own. Whoa. Wow. Dude, so many hot takes tonight. Yeah, I yeah. know. We're just ripping out. We haven't even really talked about the movie very much. Okay, so the movie starts with... <laughs> <laughs> Derail the end. <laughs> so easily done. College student Chloe Steele. <laughs> Are you sure that's not a sexy spy of some kind? Uh, no, she's a, she's a college student and bootleg Veronica Mars. Sure. Uh, she has just flown into what is continually called New York. By the way, Hallie just pulled out some notes, which I'm very excited to see. <laughs> Hello, these are notes for you. later. Uh, Chloe Steele uh, flies into from co- college. She goes to the University of Central Arkansas, which we know from her sweatshirt. Now, Chloe flies into what is identified as New York, even though it is clearly the smallest city in the world. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's in the Midwest. Maybe it's in Canada. We don't know. To surprise her dad. Probably in Eastern Europe or something. Yeah. To surprise her dad. Although there would probably be more machine guns. <laughs> and half the cast would have been kidnapped in the mm-hmm. middle of filming. Her father, Rayford Steele. Okay, Wait, that's a Rayford? name. That Rayford is Nicolas Cage's character's name. It's like someone tried to say Ray Fines and like jammed it all together. <laughs> What's yeah. great is that his he named his son after him, Ramy Steele. Yeah. Oh, Sam Ramy Steele. Now she mm-hmm. wants to surprise her dad for his birthday, but he's busy. He's got to fly to London. She is mad at her mother because her mother, Leah Thompson, mm-hmm. who has had got- sex with a duck man one time. <laughs> Casual sex <laughs> with Howard the Duck. Back to the future <laughs> in the city with Caroline. Now, uh, she's, she's. It was true love, okay? She's doing which, which, which time? God wouldn't judge it, yeah. Or her and that guy she was uh, engaged it's to right on that show. Um, thou shalt not lay with duck as thou wouldst with man or woman. <laughs> He wore a condom, dude. Yeah, he doesn't even have a penis. He wore clothes. He, he must have. He had like a tiny clothes con- make no. the man. Ducks have weird retractable corkscrew penises. <laughs> There's no way that are specifically designed to go with duck vaginas. There's no way that was pleasurable for her. You've researched know. like every animal's penis. Maybe. Did you look at like this? I have to deal with one at some point. <laughs> did Lucasfilm put out an incredible cross sections for Howard the Duck <laughs> with Howard and the Duck's penis? Inside, you can see his retractable penis. <laughs> 
Look, the corkscrew it, might be like ribbed for her pleasure. You don't know. Uh, I doubt it. Yeah, because when you put on a ribbed for pleasure condom, it feels like a corkscrew. <laughs> now, here's the thing. I've studied every animal's genitals in case I have to defeat them in a competition of some kind or a physical battle. <laughs> Someday, if a bear penis comes at you, you're going to want to know how to block it and defeat it. So wait, is that where the phrase screwing comes from? No. Corkscrew penis? No, I don't think so. I'm imagining, I think Dean's on to Spinning around <laughs> like he has to screw himself into the vagina. <laughs> yeah, like Bazooka Joe doing a fucking flip take. <laughs> yeah, it's just covered the duck's feet flying out panel. Yeah, like a fucking propeller. He has to like pop the orgasm out. He spins in and when he pulls out. He pulls <laughs> like the cork. I don't even know what we're talking yeah. about anymore. It's All a right. orgasm. Now we're about 10 seconds into the movie. Uh, Leah Thompson's character has done a 180 from her duck fucking days, and she is now a hardcore evangelical Christian who's always trying to get her family to convert. That includes her daughter, college age, her husband, the pilot, who is trying, who is hitting on a uh, stewardess who doesn't know that he's married, and his and their son, who is this kind of nerdy little kid. Remy. Now uh, Chloe catches her dad hitting on this stewardess, and she is not happy. Letting. About it. Letting her wear his hat, his pilot's I believe. cap, mm-hmm. which is like be- pinning someone or giving them your varsity jacket. Yep. You're going steady. Yeah. It's the opposite of a cuckold's horns. <laughs> uh, now she originally, at first, she's pretty understanding because she thinks that her mom's religion has pushed her dad away, as it's pushed her away. We know that she's a rationalist and not religious because when she runs into a famous investigative reporter named Cameron Buck Williams. Well, he's being harassed by an evangelical at the airport. Played by One Tree Hills, Chad Michael Murray. Yeah, she steps in and says, hey, if why would God allow all sorts of bad things to happen? Why wouldn't he come in and stop them if you know they're going to happen and blah, blah, and so forth? And it's one of those moments it's where you're like... great timing, though, right? Cause, you're like, I know... Yeah, because the rapture's about to happen yeah. and the tribulations. Yeah. Were you wearing... That is a coincidence. Watching it, it Isn't was like... Weird? <laughs> it's weird. Watching it, it was like, I know that she is going to be proved wrong by this movie... But she sounds so rational and reasonable, reasonable right now compared to the. I mean, other than the fact that she person. like just picked a fight with somebody in an airport. Well, it's not like she punched her. No, but like she started, she intentionally like jumped into an argument. That's and they, true. Like, have you ever jumped into an argument in an airport and had it turn out well? I mean, You're like, oh, no, it's a Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> well, if someone, I heard someone saying, <laughs> "You look like a Frankenstein," and that guy had bolts sticking out of his neck, I'd make, I'd make the case known. But most of my arguments at the airport are with airport employees. So, <laughs> Not uh, to get too far ahead of ourselves, but I will say that one thing I kind of admired about this movie is for a religious movie, it did present like the atheist characters as like not unreasonable people, like good people at heart, like, and the movie seemed concerned about whether they lived or died. Or at the very least redeemable yeah. if they like use drugs or are an angry dwarf. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Do you think and this even the was Muslim really... character is very positive in it. Yeah, yeah, I feel like was this really a religious movie? Because it feel like it, it like <laughs> well, it's listed as a sci-fi yeah, thriller. I know, but it doesn't seem to like glamorize the I mean it doesn't seem to like you know make those characters the heroes or anything. It's well, they more can't just be, they like, disappear. Right, but it's more just like this is us living real life down here on the planes that are crashing. <laughs> <laughs> All those jerks up in heaven don't yeah. know what the trouble. I think trouble. with the I think the original movie the books are very much a niche market thing although they sell, you know, millions of copies. And the original movies I think were for that market. My assumption with this movie was they said we're going to tell this story in a way that attracts the non-religious audience. Mm-hmm. Did they accomplish that? No, they didn't. But like I so I think 
you're right that they like downplay the religious angle a lot. They don't make it as black and white that these characters are bad people because they weren't, you know, devout Christians. I mean, they actually, the only people who are religious in the movie who aren't, the only people who are raptured who are religious and not like, those people are totally annoying. So like all the kids are raptured. (laughs) And they're irritating. The kids aren't irritating, but like the two people, the mom and the lady at the airport who are supposed to be religious, they're like, portrayed as like totally annoying yeah Yeah, so basically it's like i think the message is like why do you want to go to heaven because people up there fucking suck (laughs) theoretically it's gonna get more fun down here bro yeah when the the, party pop pop them off pop some bottles well we can we can skip ahead to we can skip uh the uh, hard to get u2 tickets that are delivered from an airport employee (laughs) so 20 minutes reporter to give to Nicolas cage yeah like 20 a band in 24 14. Look, if, if you but if you go, if you want hard to get tickets, here's who you have to talk to. A guy driving a little buggy around <laughs> in an airport. He's got the yeah. hookup. It feels Listen, like 20 minutes of the movie. People move for him. Exactly. They jump out of the way or they yeah. jump onto the back of his thing with their hoverboards. <laughs> but like, it feels like 20 or 30 minutes of this movie goes by and we're trapped in this limbo of an airport and only four characters have been introduced yeah. and it's yeah, terrible. Man, love actually is all around. You learn that at airports. I guess you're. Oh, right. that movie was that. so good. <laughs> but that's a movie that has like ten oh, zillion actually, characters. Oh. oh, I thought you were talking about Love Actually. No, I thought you were talking about no. the terminal. <laughs> I was talking about Airport Seventy Seven. Oh yeah, that was the one where they all leave the airport and go see Star Wars in the theaters. I thought you were talking about that Planes animated movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The semi sequel to Cars, but by some place. Spiritual. Here. I thought you were talking about Cars the Band with Rick Ocasek. Yeah. Are you talking we were talking about my car that I had in high school? <laughs> I was talking about the sitcom My Mother the Car, guys. You're, you're all wrong. I thought you were, I thought you were talking, about talking my about my mom. mom. Yeah, our mom who's the same person and is a human woman. <laughs> oh boy, if you guys were twins. I have a twin Prime sister. Calling calling. Sorry, twins. the oh. position's taken. <laughs> I don't even want to be your twin. <laughs> no, no, I can't believe you're making Hallie cry right now all over her alligator <laughs> necklace. <laughs> I saw what you wrote on your notebook at school. Elliot and Hallie Kalen and then parentheses not married, just siblings. <laughs> That's why they call them alligator tears. <laughs> nope, Back to the other thing that he said before about me crying on my alligator thing. Yeah. Uh, so let's, uh, this thing moves too fast. Let's skip ahead a little Life. bit. Uh, in, yeah, the word, in the words of Old Town, it moves too fast. We don't have time to look at one another. <laughs> Just like in Our Town, my favorite play. Uh, but look, if you don't stop and smell the roses every once in a while, then something Ferris Bueller said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> something, something. Ferris Bueller Cameron. <laughs> So let's skip ahead, shall we? Uh, eventually we get to a point where Nicolas Cage's plane is in the air flying to London, uh, and his daughter Chloe is at the mall with her younger brother watching a, an amazing breakdancing show, <laughs> one member of whom actually slides across the floor on his head. No, that was amazing. Was that a stunt or was that real? I have to assume that was all animatronics. <laughs> Wait a minute. A stunt is real, <laughs> It's not like it's like CGI. No, no, That's Andy not classified as a stunt. Move CGI no. stuff. <laughs> yeah. He performed that with a fucking ball suit or whatever. Yeah, a mocap suit. (laughs) Uh, Considering the special effects of the plane crash later, I'm going to say that was a real thing they just happened to catch on camera. Or they blew their budget all on the guy sliding across the thing (laughs) on his head. They were buying the computer animation as they shot the movie in sequence. They spent an all (laughs) one background breakdancer. Like, well, 
Anyway, her brother, money well spent. Her brother disappears in what I swear I thought was a puff of blue smoke, but maybe it wasn't. And and suddenly it sort of collapses. Well, it looks like she hugs him too hard. Yeah, <laughs> it does look like she hugs him so hard his clothing collapses in on itself. And then on the airplane, all the kids disappear, and some of the random other people. Uh, there's a lot of craziness. People are going crazy. They don't know what's going on. They try to break into the cockpit. Nicholas Cage is out of the cockpit at the time, and his co-pilot, William Ragsdale from Herman's Head, who we didn't even talk about all this time. <laughs> or Mannequin 2 on the move. Yep. Or, or Justified. Or Justified. Rust- yeah, later five. season. Uh, He's in Rustified. <laughs> about a rusty <laughs> robot cop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the- yeah, I mean, Kentucky's terrible on their, their <laughs> I guess, tin joints? I don't know. Yeah, it's real humid down there. <laughs> yeah, robot givens. <laughs> <laughs> now, so uh, they everyone's going cuckoo crazy because they don't know what's going on. Society collapses almost instantly. The mall goes apeshit. And people are looting, cars are exploding, and Chloe has one run-in after another where a piece of transportation tries to kill her. First, it's a little, like, two-seater plane that almost smashes into her. No, it's first a car, first, and oh, then... Right. Yeah. Then it's a car... First, it's a car that flies through the doors of the mall. Then it's a two-seater plane. Little fucking sandpiper plane goes right for her car, <laughs> giving yeah. her just enough time to roll over the hood. Like, the whole movie should have been just bigger and bigger types of transportation <laughs> well, trying to yeah, kill her. Basically Until, like, a, a submarine almost hits well, her. a little what? school bus falls over and over pass and almost hits her and then the climax of the movie is her running away spoiler alert from the giant plane that her dad's flying uh so that's her arc now we briefly before which the rapture is a metaphor for her dodging her faith which uh, is the oh, ultimate dodge you're right you're right yeah because she's coming what, like a freight train that thing no no like a plane like a freight plane <laughs> <laughs> some kind of cargo plane now They've introduced some characters on the plane before the rapture. I'll admit it. There's a colorful a, cast. There's a Muslim guy. Some flakes on a plane. <laughs> there's a Texas millionaire who's always talking mm-hmm. business. There's an angry dwarf who does not like anybody. Mm-hmm. There's a little girl who's the daughter of a football player. There's a, some fat guy with glasses. And her mother is played by a former American Idol, Jordan Sparks. That's true. It's full of stars. Battlefield's Jordan Sparks? Yeah. Oh man, this must be this movie must have been inside the Stargate that Dave Bowen <laughs> flew into. Because my God, it's full of stars. <laughs> so the uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I should have said Kier Dulia. That would have been that would have made it more clear. Yeah, sure. Anyway, so but those characters are given Kier a very delay. We spent delay. Uh, talk about delay. It's taking us forever to talk about this movie. So here's the thing. We spend a ton of time in the airport with the most boring characters. We get a couple minutes on the plane with this kooky, colorful cast. And then it's not There's long- like the one English person on this flight to London. Oh, the Who's junkie. a drug addict. Who's a drug addict and but her, wears a tank top. But who's, spent who's, a lot of time as- tank top as is it- highlighted more and more as the movie goes on. But she spent a lot of time in Christian camps as a youth, so she's the only person who knows that the rapture is happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, There's also an old lady who is totally senile and her old husband, and the husband is raptured and the lady is not. It's mm. so fucked up. So you're just left to wonder, she's like, what did this bitch do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. She, Turns out the Alzheimer was, was a curse from God. <laughs> yep. I like the horrors of my actions have caused me to forget myself. <laughs> I like to believe it's a mixed marriage. He's Christian and she's a Satanist. I think this was like a like a definitive <laughs> statement that anyone who has Alzheimer's is being punished by God. <laughs> yeah. Here's the, so here's, if you know anyone who has Alzheimer's, yeah, they've got a secret. Saying. <laughs> Say goodbye to him because you're not going to see him in heaven, that's for yeah. sure. Here's the thing. We learned some rapture rules. 
All kids go to heaven. <laughs> All dogs rules. do not go to heaven. Yeah, we saw a dog. It didn't go to heaven. No, but its owner's clothes were sitting right next to it. Weirdly, yep. all old frogs people, go to heaven. <laughs> yeah. uh, old people, not confirmed, not definite. Yeah. And you mentioned the uh, the owner's clothes. We didn't one see of any the, cats. There's certainly Aww. no cats. They are all in heaven. One of the things that's great is how every single uh, set that has uh, a person's clothes, it looks like somebody like took the time to set the shoes out right, <laughs> like tucked the pants into the shoes. Like, mm, that's what this person would yeah, have been doing. because when they were living, their pants were tucked into their shoes. Yeah, that's what Christians <laughs> do, Dan. So uh, there's a lot They're of trouble. All kids get raptured automatically. Yeah, do yeah, you think, yeah. you think, like, you think hardcore Christians, uh, they tuck their pants in their shoes just in case they get raptured and it looks like. <laughs> so their pants don't fly away. <laughs> <laughs> this movie would have been a lot more interesting if there was just like one kid who didn't get raptured. Just like the kid from Problem gonna, Child or something? Yeah, or the, he was going to be like, it was the kid from like bad, like Good bad Son. Or, yeah. <laughs> Wait, bad, which or one? Or Elijah like Wood or Macaulay Culkin? Well, Elijah Macaulay was the Culkin. bad one. No, well, Macaulay Elijah Culkin was the bad, bad one. one. Right. Wait a minute. What wow. makes you think he's bad? Uh, well, he doesn't need to throw that mannequin over the I overpass. I think we just found something disturbing about Elliot. <laughs> yeah, Elijah Wood's the one who doesn't want to do that cool prank where they throw the mannequin over. Macaulay Culkin just misunderstood. Or it's Child Hitler. <laughs> child Hitler. Child Hitler. Just like little an Hitler. adorable little kid with it's a mustache. Gotta be a but don't you Rotten, think if, the, if there was one kid who didn't get raptured, uh, all the people who are left over have an obligation to murder him because he's bound <laughs> to be a terrible the person? Antichrist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm just thinking about Child Hitler's adventure. <laughs> All bad. My tea party shall last a thousand years. <laughs> so forth. Anyway, he's a girl. He has tea parties. Anyway, uh, so there's two parallel stories here. Chloe's Sexist. trying to find her brother. She goes to her mom's house, and her mom has raptured away while taking a shower, which means Leah Thompson's just nuding it up in heaven. But I guess they all are, because all their clothes get left behind. Which, wait a minute. That's so yeah, it's a real sex means. orgy up there. That's... Well, if it, come on. If, it, if heaven's going to live up to its billing, yeah. if you read the Divine Comedy, heaven is just everybody sitting, looking at God, loving it the whole time. That sounds super boring. But their original sin got taken away, so they don't feel ashamed of their bodies, right? But I yeah. thought Christ's whole thing was that he cleansed the earth of original sin, right? Then why are we all wearing clothes? Uh, Good question. Let me take <laughs> mine off right now. Oh, it's Chippendale. <laughs> Chippendale's Rescue Rangers. <laughs> So, so okay. There's left two behind ones. refers to their clothes being left behind. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Left behind. Like, oh, my to... wallet was there too. You can leave your clothes behind, but take your Visa card because heaven doesn't take American Express. <laughs> no, all... someone left his Visa. Don't you remember? <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah Nicholas Cage visa. finds William Ragsdale's uh, <laughs> like <visa. laughs> stock photo Visa. <laughs> They're all up there at the 1985 visa at the heaven bar, and they can't get any, can't get any drinks. That no one can start a tap. And maybe that's God's big scam: is that He takes them without their clothes, and then they've got to buy heaven clothes at inflated prices. Yeah. Oh boy! Like when you buy a and he has to, you have to buy them with like heaven bucks that you can only get from like going to a Dave and Buster's or some shit. Yeah, and everyone's like, "These are just robes. I could use some sheets." Like, Where are you going to get the sheets? There's one game in town. If you and read it's called but, God, if you read between the lines of my New Testament, you'd know that Dave and Buster's is the one place <laughs> to get heaven bucks. So there's well, two what stories. do they do to pay for the to play the games at Dave and Buster's? Mm-mm. Oh man, yeah. you don't want to know. No, you do not want to know. <laughs> All right, because I mean, we seems don't like know. She kind of wants to know. Yeah. Okay. Well, Dan, tell her because I don't know. Um, <laughs> I I forget. 
<laughs> Great. Anticlimax all around. So there's two wow. plot lines. Chloe's looking for her brother, and uh, Nicolas Cage is trying to land this damn plane. He wants, he's ha- tired of this motherfucking rapture on this motherfucking He flies plane. it one way, and then he turns around and flies another way. Well, they're and they're running then he, like, out of fuel. They, cra- they slam into another plane that has no pilot, and they keep going. Chloe finds God after having a very awkward conversation with a pastor who she, did was not raptured. She up. sees that great uh, sign that says the end is near, and they've crossed it out and written here. Yep, <laughs> which I like to believe that someone was being raptured, and he was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa God, one second. And then he changed the sign. Okay, bring me up, big guy. Well, because that's My the thing about a, done. that's the thing about like apocalypse movies. Sign. Apocalypse movies. Everyone like the first thing they want to do is start like. Uh, graffitiing everything and like go over to the population sign of the city and cross it off. <laughs> There's always graffiti that says like get out or like uh, it's over or something like mm-hmm. that. Uh, but society they is. Live because they live, guys. Society is. I don't even know who they are in or this case. Banksy. Banksy's all over the place. It's like I don't even need to hide anymore. It's so many I'm stencils. Banksy this up. Everything's going to get Banksied. <laughs> <laughs> There's just Shepherd Fairy obey things everywhere. And, okay, so uh, society's falling apart. Mm-hmm. People are dying. Cars are crashing into each other. People are just robbing and shooting all over the place. The rapture happened roughly 25 minutes ago, and already people are going nuts. Civilizations can't handle it, which is weird because not that many people get raptured in the movie. So you'd think civilization would be able to absorb that loss pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they said millions of people got raptured. But how many people are there on Earth? Six billion, roughly. Exactly. So if we're in the millions, we're not even getting high in numbers. It's a drop in El Bucketo, <laughs> which is how he knows the Spanish for the bucket. <laughs> Can you confirm that? that? That actually means something else. Oh. <laughs> really bad. Oh. I can't even say on this podcast. Have you been saying and that to... I can say a lot of things. Have you been saying that to people, Elliot? <laughs> Just to the guys it's who do maintenance and, and, and did janitorial work at the show. Oh, oh no. no. Hopefully they're not fucking that's, up their safety checks. By the way, I that's... I wouldn't uh, touch your poison trash can with the bomb in it tomorrow. <laughs> I want to make it clear that that's not a racist comment on Elliot's part. That's just a factual comment the about the nationality. Clean up our office are yeah. all native Spanish speakers. That's right. Like, I'm not ashamed Ooh. to say it. Wow. Okay. okay. Well, moving. I guess I'm, wow. the, I guess I'm the only the... member of the silent wow. majority who's willing to say the truth. <laughs> anyway, Chloe is going to kill herself. She's going to jump off the top of a bridge. She's found That's how you fate. get to heaven, right? Yeah, I think so. Dan? Dan? Oh, yeah, suicide is the to... one surefire way to get to heaven. I thought she that... was just trying to get closer to her mom so she could deliver the message. Uh, maybe that's it. She's just climbing the top of a bridge. Hey, heaven, can you hear me now? That's why I go to the top of the Freedom Tower. What? <laughs> to get closer to heaven? So yeah, so I get as high as possible. Well, it's weird because I've always thought that to get closer to God, I have to fuck me like an animal. <laughs> yeah. It has not been working. <laughs> but I'm going to keep trying. Yeah, you keep you know trying, what? I'm right? not going to stop. I'm going to keep trying. You know what they say. Try, lot, try lot again. grunting and spitting. <laughs> <laughs> like Chippendale or wrestling over here. those corkscrew penises. <laughs> <laughs> so many callbacks. Uh, now tensions are high on the plane. The dwarf and the Muslim got in a fight. Uh, George the dwarf was... is an asshole. Have we got into he's a big link, jerk. Link. And Dan, you said you did admire. I was being facetious. You said you did admire that the dwarf is a jerk. Yeah, I feel like I feel like any other movie would feel the need to like make the dwarf character like like a saint. And I like the movie that. Um, I, what movie has ever done that? Yeah, well, I mean, like we already mentioned, don't look now. <laughs> I guess that's true, but I feel like 
a movie and, what, and basket case in this modern era would be <laughs> well. like we, we oh we can't risk the idea of like the dwarf being the bad guy rather like this movie actually t- treats the dwarf as a human being who might be an asshole I love that, that the assumption like, is like we've transcended any like negative stereotypes that we have about dwarves and we're on the <laughs> other side and that it's now progressive to portray them like <laughs> Yeah, well, I, mean, I just feel like the, the casting did not seem to care like whether this was like a, a like a full-sized actor or this is a no, dwarf. Everything or, he no, everything says no, is about, it's being all a about dwarf. him being a dwarf. Every line is about how he's a dwarf. Yeah, his first line true. is about like someone trying to help him put his bag in the overhead compartment. All right, and he, like, you've turned me around on this. I will say that the Muslim oh. character, rather than being, he's not raptured. Clearly the movie's stance is he believes in the wrong God, but he's like the nicest character in the mm-hmm. whole movie. And he looks kind of like Jeremy say, Sisto. Didn't you guys find the line problematic at all when someone's like looking in through his bag and he's like, a terrorist could never do this? As if like, yes. <laughs> like, oh, like well, uh, he's an expert on terrorism, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's like I see like that that he would be synonymous with terrorists and even he mm-hmm, right. would accept he's the like, premise terrorists seemed a little problematic. Terrorists I know would kill for a rapture device. <laughs> I did like that this movie blew the lid off the de- century, centuries-old rivalry between Muslims and dwarves. <laughs> yeah, it's been going on beneath the surface for so long. They've now. hated each other forever. Yeah, that's the whole subtext of Game of Thrones, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think I think in Anthony Bourdain's first book, he was talking about how in a kitchen you can't hire Muslims and dwarves to work in the same kitchen. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> It'll come to blows. That's why it was Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. And not, not what, Snow Mecca? I not, not a Persian. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Not wait, what Snow White and the Seven Persians? Yeah, that's right. Okay, got into a weird area. Yeah, I don't understand what you're saying. I don't know. Can I continue with the movie's plot? Yeah, yeah, no, you're terrible about racism. Now, (laughs) go back to how much you hate dwarves. (laughs) Oh boy. So, the we're gonna get letters. (laughs) Yeah, then I can sing a song about them. Yeah, so the characters are flying around forever. Uh, Chloe's running around forever. Chloe manages to get a phone call on the satellite phone from her dad, mm-hmm. and he says, we need a runway. She decides she's going to clear off the east-west highway to the mall. Yeah, it's over by the mall. Famous New York landmark. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so that uh, they can land on that using that as a landing strip. Anyone also- planning to visit New York should check out the mall. <laughs> <laughs> But also, weren't you guys pointing out, a, like, I, I didn't hear the thing, but weren't you guys pointing out a problem with they couldn't land because of water, but you were like... I couldn't... T- well, he said... He made a like- point of saying that there's... That uh, JFK is surrounded by city, and if he can't find a landing strip, he's going to crash the plane like a missile into Queens. Hmm. Which there's a lot of problems with that statement. Yeah. Why wouldn't he just try to land? Like instead of being like, fuck this, just gonna missile it. <laughs> <laughs> well, by this point, he's pretty tired of being in the movie. So, oh, we've also skipped that Nicolas Cage has come to the same conclusion by rifling through his co pilot's clothes and seeing that he's a Christian and also rifling through the clothes of a flight attendant who was raptured out, he realized, oh, no, it must have been the rapture because all the people who were taken were Christians. So he knows what happened at this point. Wait, so I, I have a question. For some reason also, the rapture has interfered with the satellites around the Earth making their phones not work properly. So I guess the satellites also believed in Christ. But anyway, continue. So my question is, so he realizes that Herman's head is um, a believer <laughs> because... His watch has John three or John three sixteen on it. Right? I think that's a wrestling thing. No, yeah, yeah, it's it's, Steve, he's just a Steve Austin fan. No, I know it's a big thing, but what is it, Dan? <laughs> what is John three sixteen? Um, it's believe in me and you'll have eternal life, right? I, 
Why, why, I, why does Stone Cold st- Steve Austin talk about that well, all the time? He has Austin 316, which I think is Know Your Role. <laughs> Just because I uh, grew up in a church does not mean that I actually Literally, know. you were an orphan who was found by Quasimodo. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You were raised in a bell tower. Should mm-hmm. we call and your dad and ask him what that means? Right. No, I don't think it's John. Is it Matthew 316? No, it's, no, it's John. John 316. Oh, I'm all in my head now because no one will tell me what it means. Well, I'll just look it up <laughs> yeah, right it's, now. It's not like we have little phone computers it's in the, our pockets. That can, it's the verse that every, I can't uh, believe you uh, don't oh, no. know that, So Dan. John 316 is for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That's what it is. Oh, that whoever so believes in him shall live forever. Yeah. Okay. It's yes, it's about of, Jesus. It's from the New Testament. The whole thing's about Jesus. It's the one about Jesus know. cursing a fig tree and the fig tree wilting. <laughs> it's the part about, and so Jebediah beget Jebusiah. <laughs> it's the one where the guy uh, curses children who are calling him bald and bears come out of the woods and kill the children, which is an actual verse. Yeah. I love how you know that one and not the one that everyone has tattooed on this. That's the best verse. So John 3.16. Wait, is there a fig tree in that verse? What happened to the fig tree? John 3.16 is what you would call the New Testament's log line. It basically summarizes the gist of the whole thing. Okay. Jesus. (laughs) Yeah, that's what it is. The watchword is Jesus. If you've got one takeaway from this, it's Jesus. Yeah. Uh, So that's why he had that on his uh, watch. Yeah. Because... I don't know. He looks at his watch a lot. Well, the problem is, though, that is he's like, oh, I'm so caught up in my life. What time? It's Jesus time. (laughs) No, no. He looks at it. He always thinks, what time is it? 3.16. Oh, shit. No, it's like 4.45. I'm sorry. He's late for appointment. I'm so late. Is it 3.16? Oh, I was supposed to wake up at 6. Oh, no. Okay, here we go. It is. Yep, he's like, let me look at this ironic watch I bought as a goof. (laughs) Since I'm totally not a Christian, God checks everyone by their watch. So God. I got God. I got him. I got him. He got up there and he's like, no, God, that was totally a goof, ironically. Can you send well, me back you down got there? Me good. Why don't you stick around? There's yeah. all these hipsters. We need a jokester in here. There's all these hipsters with Jesus is my homeboy t shirts that are in heaven now, and they're like, wait, what? Wait, they got to keep the t shirts? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they're they're Winnie the Pooh up there? Yeah, they're wearing a t shirt with no pants, which is somehow worse than being naked. <laughs> oh, turkey neck comes out. <laughs> also, their heads are all stuck in honey pots. <laughs> <laughs> They're winning the- <laughs> So she goes and she uses a truck and a motorcycle and a and a steamroller mm-hmm. to clear up to clear this highway of debris. She lights a huge bunch of barrels of flammable liquid on fire so that they have That's a, the kind of sign a Nicolas Cage can follow. So they have a beacon. She's there's like she's Nicolas Cage is like, I need a point of light so I can find it. And she's more flashing. like Nicolas Cage would say. I, I need a I need a point of light so I can so I can see the runway. What now, do you think, Dan? Like H. W. Bush would make it a thousand points of light. <laughs> need to see the thousand points of light so go. I can see the runway. <laughs> Good stuff. Come on, throw it at me. What else? Uh, <laughs> Who else is delivering this line? Now do it like Kate Bush. <laughs> oh, wow. I don't know who what I sound like, <laughs> but I need that runway. Now do it like the bush in my front yard that I grew up with. <laughs> Russell, Russell in the wind. Russell. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I, I, I miss home. I actually spent a lot of time that. with that bush trying to get its voice pattern sound. Yeah, you did a bush along. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Walk a bush. I'm a method busher. <laughs> so uh, she starts flashing the brights on the truck, and she's like, I'm flashing my brights. Does that help? And Nicolas Cage is like, no, honey, I need something bigger. And you know in his head the character's like, you, my daughter is an idiot. 
He's like, don't make fun of her. She's trying. Uh, well, and she and the the co pilot says he says she's like, I think I'm, I'm glad he's graduated to fucking co pilot. <laughs> the reporter who we haven't talked about, but he has a crush on Nicolas Cage's daughter, and he's spent most of the time he so quote, far can't stop thinking about her since he saw her in the airport. One tree even hill. when the even when all this stuff, other stuff is going on that he definitely should be thinking <laughs> he's like, about. What's Chloe up to right now? Is she thinking of me? Yeah. One Tree Hill has mainly he's been sticking his hearts on his notebook. He's mainly Mainly been taking camera fo- video footage of clothing sitting on chairs, <laughs> sticking his camera in the face of more of mothers grieving for their disappeared children, mm-hmm. going like, "Hey, what happened here? Tell me." But as he's like, uh, "You," it's so funny because he's like, "I got to get this footage," and it's just literally clothes lying on chairs. It could be. <laughs> It's just a messy apartment. Uh, oh, but also I love the moment where he, the so the woman that he's like bothering in particular, whose baby disappeared, mm-hmm. how she freaks out eventually, and she's like, "We have to turn the plane back. We have to go back to the place where the baby disappeared." Because it's like, yeah, the baby will be in the fucking like <laughs> just floating it, it'll in the air. There. Yeah. She thinks that they're pulling a flight plan on her. (laughs) Or like uh, Undead, that that Australian zombie movie where all the people are like floating. Okay. I haven't seen that one. Don't worry about it. It has to do with floating people in the air. I mean, that sounds great. But uh, so... He he said. She said, "I've only been able to clear nine tenths of a mile." And he's like, "That's fine. That's fine." And not co-pilot. The reporter is like, "That's not going to be enough, is it?" And he's like, "Yeah, but if this doesn't work, I don't want to make her feel like it was her fault, even though it was totally her fault. <laughs> she failed in her mission." But everything turns out okay, even though their landing gear gets clipped by some electric power lines, and rips the fuck off. They land. The crash land the plane. Everyone's safe. They get out and they see the city in front of them burning, smoke rising from it. And either One Tree Hill or Nicolas Cage says, oh, I'm glad that's over. And Chloe says, no, this is just the beginning. Cut to credits. There's a song about how you better be ready because Jesus is going to rapture you. But you did, you skip the comic relief moment where the Muslim guy pushes the midget, pushes the dwarf down the inflatable raft. Oh man, oh, she's covering her face. So embarrassed. Got, for those listening, when Hallie said the word midget, she literally flinched with embarrassment at having used the wrong term. Yeah, but it was. I make mistakes all the time. Just blame it on the beers. I. Never had a sip of alcohol. In my <laughs> oh life. wow! Somebody's trying to get raptured over here. <laughs> uh, she's really rapture hunting. <laughs> Do you guys think God listens to your podcast? <laughs> I mean, God. I mean, his eyes on the sparrows. Yeah. So I know he listens. No, he's to too this busy. Li- don't too talk busy. about birds. Oh, I got boy. attacked by a bird today, yeah, tell people. Tell the story. We'll, <laughs> yeah, we'll tell wrap it up. Okay, we'll yeah, wrap, wrap it, it up. up. We got about two hours to hear the bird story. <laughs> no, it all started I'll with a dog it. fashion show. <laughs> <laughs> that was your story, Stuart. The Stuart Wellington story. <laughs> Started at a dog fashion My show. parents met at a dog fashion All right, show. you're confusing So, Hallie, listeners. you're walking down the street and a bird attacked you. Wow, you really ruined that story. <laughs> Working, walking Is quickly. Is there more to it? Yes. It attacked me, and I ran away screaming. And then it attacked me again. Twice. You made the enemies with the wrong bird. Uh, I didn't do anything. I love birds. Maybe the way you, you were running was provoking husband? that bird. <laughs> yeah. What? I, I said maybe the way you were running was provoking that bird. You're right. And I was dressed <laughs> in very short running shorts. You do birds dressed? like that? <laughs> I don't know. No, apparently not. This was a real Bible thumping bird. <laughs> I think this like, bird was about to be raptured. Like were dressed like a pine cone that had been uh, with peanut butter on it and, and seeds on that peanut butter. So I think I mean that's really going to attract the bird. She had a job interview. 
<laughs> I wanted to look my best. You got to dress for the job you want. Ellie. I was being interviewed by a cabin. <laughs> so <laughs> we should wrap up this segment. Is this a good, bad movie? A bad, bad movie or a movie we kind of like? I'm going to say that it, it's, it's, it's marginal, but I'm going to give it a good, bad movie. It's pretty silly. I wish it was a little sillier, especially with Nicolas Cage's performance. He's he's doing an he, incredible job. He's really the, he's like the, the, he's like the. The rock on which he'll build the church. Yes. I was going to say like the anchor. Like he's so stable compared to the rest of the movie. Yeah. And you want him to be crazy, but it's, it's in the tradition of big name actors doing movie roles where they're sitting down for most of the performance. Like mm-hmm. he's. He's doing an okay job, but you want him to be crazy. But yeah, I would say good, bad also. What do you guys think? What's the... Oh, go ahead. Uh, uh, No, no. (laughs) Scarily dumbness. Or good, bad. Uh, Yeah, I guess I'll give it a good, bad. It was goofy enough. I wish it went a little bit faster, and I wish it got a little bit crazy, uh, crazier. There's a few too many scenes of the daughter, Chloe Steele, just wandering around this town, and I wish they New York City. <laughs> I wish they'd made New York City just a touch more crazy. Yeah, they, I mean, there's one scene where a guy who looks like a juggalo is thrown out of a window, and then a guy who is like some kind looks of, like Donald Logue. That looks like Donald Logue, but like with shoulder length, kind of like Elizabethan hair. But Sounds like Donald Logue. He looks like Renaissance <laughs> Reservoir Dogs. Sure, she puts a shotgun in her face. And it's this glimpse of the crazy movie it might have been. And there was that scene in the nursery at the hospital where there was a, it was a whole bunch of raptured baby clothes and then one crazy lady who yeah. was like, they took them. They took all those yeah. babies. You totally Miss called Aversham, it. The- <laughs> I think no, Dan, Dan called it. Oh, Dan called it. Called it. Yeah. yeah, while we're watching it, Dan's like, oh, and there's like a crazy person who's like, they took all the babies. <laughs> where happens. did the babies go? Al, you didn't give a judgment. What do you think? Well, is there a middle of good the road? movie, bad bad movie, or was bad bad movie, good bad movie, or movie kind of liked? Movie kind of liked. I thought it was in the middle. I wouldn't say it's a. a well, wow, there were definitely moments during this movie, Hallie, where you were like, "This yeah, movie sucks." That's what I'm saying. I fucking it, hate. It yeah, it came around. Well, it exactly it okay. came around, but it was it was. 110 minutes long and it's not a, much happened in it. It is very slow. Yeah. It has like three locations. They, they, I think it's weird because it's so it's based on the first part of a 16 part book series. It's based on Paradise Law. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not like they don't have adaptation. a lot of material, but they really like they wanted the rapture to be like the one thing that happened in this movie and then the plane crash. And yeah, there's not a lot of other stuff that happens. But it also just made me sad how like terrible Nicolas Cage looked. It was like when you see a building that's being dressed for a set and they like make a face, uh, like a fake facade on it because it was like his hair was clearly fake. He was wearing blue contacts. Like it just looked like he was such a shell of a like shriveled man beneath all of these physical props. Now I'm sad. (laughs) Yeah, there's a little mummy underneath it all. Ty is a pedantic person. I think when he pronounces these words, it's it's in a very show-offy way. Gyro. Gyro. Sacre bleu. Sacre bleu. Ayers Rock. Uluru. (laughs) (laughs) What you are witnessing is real. The participants are not actors. 
They are actual litigants with real cases. They call in via Skype to Judge John Hodgman's court, the real people's court. Now I call you to Judge John Hodgman's internet court. Find it at MaximumFun.org or wherever you download podcasts. I'm Jesse Thorne. I'm Jordan Morris. The federal government has millions of dollars in programs and opportunities that you need to seize today. You're a taxpayer, right? Well, then you've got it coming. Thanks to Uncle Sam, you can get grant programs for veterans. Unlimited access to our nation's most erotic natural history museum. Fruit for you and your family. The opportunity to tell the Department of Water and Power to go suck a dick. Your own personal radioactive brick. A real wearable bull detector. A kite that won't let everybody know you're a sexist. Greyhound tickets. From here to there to everywhere. Access to a variety of dolphins. Handfuls of sweet, fleshy crawdads. Sensual songs of the South Seas. A real live slap fight with the guy who played the president in The Fifth Element. Access to your public library's secret stash of saucy nudist films from the 1920s. Don't wait. Right now. For all of this and more, drop us a line. Jordan Jesse Go, 123 iTunes Street, or wherever you download podcasts. Uh, but we should move on to letters from listeners. Letters, letters from who? Listen, letters no. from who? <laughs> letters from you? The listeners at home? Take it, Hallie. Letters from you. It's the listeners at home. Why do you Maybe listen and why do you live at home? <laughs> why don't you live somewhere other than home? <laughs> Just like try that. something new. Why not like a shoe? <laughs> <laughs> live in a shoe. Live in a shoe and write us a letter about you and your life in the shoe. <laughs> and thanks for being part of our crew. All right, I, I like it. You guys won me over by the end. Short and sweet, just like Dan likes it. Um, just like the dwarf in the movie. He, was, he was sour. Not sweet. <laughs> Quite sour. <laughs> so. <laughs> and he was never redeemed, by the way. He just got like, he just got punted down the, I was, I was, <laughs> down the emergency uh, slide. I was really hoping there was going to be that scene between the Muslim guy and the dwarf, and they're like, God damn it, I respect you or something. <laughs> yeah. Like do a warrior clasp at the bottom of the fucking I respect slide. Your, I respect your de- devotion to Islam. <laughs> I respect your devotion to dwarfism. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I don't really have a choice about that, but um, Dan, read us some letters. Spin us a tale. Reach into that mailbag of yours. Read us a letter. You're the letter man. <laughs> read us a letter tonight. A bottle of red. Of a letter man. David Letterman, that is. <laughs> da 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 da. Right, this the late first show. Letter. Da da da. Paul Schaefer. It's from Elan, last name withheld. I've had a long running fascination with a certain type of song. They used to appear on movie soundtracks. Letter song. And to be clear, usually on the soundtracks of bad, bad movies, but appears to have fallen out of favor. This is a song that was not merely written for the movie and inspired by its themes, but is about the movie or the characters in the movie. Hmm. The distinction I'm drawing is between your danger zone and your ons our own. The former, Kenny Loggins, Top Gun, is at some points explicitly about flying airplanes, but it doesn't, for example... Break down the beach volleyball match. Mourn Goose's fiery death or mention that literally everyone in Top Gun, including Kelly McGillis in his suit, 
Where's the same white beefy pocket tee? Danger Zone is evocative of the Top Gun-averse, but that's all. If Top Gun was suddenly stricken from our collective memory, Danger Zone would not provide any clues that it ever existed. Similar tunes, Weird Science by Oingo Boingo, Footloose by Kenny Loggins. I don't know. Weird Science, they talk about pictures from a magazine, my creation. That's true. Who's That Girl by Madonna, Friday by Ice Cube, Fame by Irene Cara, He's Got Game by Public Enemy, The Neverending Story by Lim Hall, virtually every title to act to a Bond film. Now. Uh, Goldfinger? What about, oh, that's pretty specific. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty non-universal that there's a man with the Midas touch mm-hmm. who tries to convince you to do bad stuff. <laughs> I, think that, I think the key is plot elements, okay. and I'll get onto it plot elements. in a moment. Well, there's I'll, that part in Goldfinger where it's like, he'll cover you in gold till you're dead. <laughs> that's right. Look up for our the job. Guy with a hat that kills. He doesn't expect you to talk. He expects you to die from a crotch laser. Goldfinger. <laughs> On our own, Bobby Brown, Ghostbusters 2, is a different story altogether. Oh, man. We hear about, quote, throwing a party for a bunch of children while all the while slime was under the building. <laughs> <laughs> and learn that the Ghostbusters, who are, quote, in control, once called, once called, Quote, grabbed their pe- proton packs off their back and they split. No subtlety here. But he also sang that Adams Family rap. That's the same I shit. I thought that was MC Hammer who did that one. Oh yeah, you're right. About uh, how they kick what they they do what they want to do and play what they want to play and kick and they stop a friend. Adams Family. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. Uh, similarly, literal, literal movie songs: Adams Family, Whoop <laughs> by Tap Team, Adams Groove by MC Hammer, Fat Dance by Prince, Ninja Rap by Vanilla Ice, Turtle Power by MC Hammer, Men in Black. And Black Suits Coming, Nod Your Head by Will Smith, <laughs> Wild Wild West by Will Smith, Drew Hill and Cool Mo D, Deepest Bluest by L. Cool J. Is this someone's PhD thesis? <laughs> I think you've got City of Crime, the rap song oh, from Dragnet. Dragnet. Went out with the Goonies song. What, what category does that fall under? That is, I would say, the first category. I mean, Goonies the Goonies are, are good, good enough. enough. Does not say anything about the actual plot of Goonies. That's true. Just says good the enough. name and identifies them being good enough. Uh, anyway, where do you stand on this trend? I can never make up my mind. Many, more or less all of these songs are embarrassingly bad cash grabs. Some are catchy as hell. Some are good, bad, and I even kind of like some of them. Particularly MC Hammer's super catchy and super detailed Turtle Power. Why did it stop? I kind of miss these dumb soundtrack tunes and feel they need to be reintroduced for serious, artier films. Maybe get Springsteen to gruffly run through the plot of Winter's Bone. He kind of did that with The Wrestler, right? Yeah, yeah, and Philadelphia a little bit. Yeah. Both. I guess Philadelphia, Streets of Philadelphia is not really about AIDS, though. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to skip to the end because you're wrong. Wait, but it, wait, doesn't the Turtle Power song mention Raphael as the leader of the group? That's incorrect. Doesn't he mention Heroes He's just in the a coolest show? one. He's just, he is the coolest. Doesn't what? Never mind. <laughs> I didn't hear what he said. What did you say? I said, doesn't he mention Heroes in a Half Show? Well, that's mm-hmm. the theme song. And to- Turtle Power. Oh, I thought MC Hammer sang that. I don't think so. <laughs> Star of the show, Hallie Hagland. <laughs> See, she's slowly revealed herself over time to be the star of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, that's You get the drift. There's only a few more sentences, and they're not key. Wow. That's, that's <laughs> wow. editing on the fly. That's Elan's letter. Well, I, I mean, I like a good song that describes the plot of a movie, but mm-hmm. they're usually, yeah, like you're saying, not very good songs. I miss the days when you could pop in a VHS cassette of a movie, and then after the movie, yeah. they would show the music video for that song, like 
famously Dream Warriors by Dokken at the end of Nightmare on Elm Street 3. <laughs> yeah, where Freddy wakes up and he realizes that he has been haunted by Dokken in his or nightmares. Or on Terminator 2 on the tape, I think they had that You Could Be Mine video. That's amazing. Yeah. Too much bitch slap rapping. <laughs> That's the problem, guys. I, you know, with with my bitch slap rapping and my cocaine time, I just get you nothing. get nothing done. Yeah, you're a I've real waste of ammunition. About you. Uh, yeah. No, I like I like a good uh, song that recaps the plot. Say you fell asleep watching the movie. <laughs> sure. That yeah. Song. Say that. It's uh, notes. <laughs> say that these shadows had offended, uh, and you want to think this that all's so all's mended that uh, mm-hmm. while they appeared, you just slumber here. Mm-hmm. Then the song tells you what happened. Yeah. They then you get uh, then <laughs> you get Oberon's rap by MC Hammer. <laughs> About casting a curse spell on his wife to make her yeah. fall in love with an ass-headed man. Yeah, uh, that would special be special guest mustard seed. I totally wish that whenever anyone does a Shakespeare movie, they have to put a rap song that recaps the plot at the end of it, where all the characters are like are now rapping and dancing. Yeah. And the rapper's like, oh, there's so many turnabouts in this. <laughs> so much cross-dressing. I don't know if I can... The one for, like, Troilus and Cressida and Coriolanus, they're like, what happened in this again? Um, so thank you for that. Elan last time withheld. Isn't that a kind of, like, antelope or gazelle in Elan? Elan, I think they're called. How, did he, how, how does he spell it? Or she? Uh, it's spelled E-L-A-N. So... Alon? It's like... No? No, the pronunciation spelled out, I think. Right? Yeah, he gave oh, the pronunciation. Okay. But, uh, yeah, it would be Alon. But it's uh, not. If it was the word that's spelled the same. That's uh, pronunciation corner with all of us. Oh, we did a great job. Continue. Uh, Slave. <laughs> so this is from Joaquin, last name with hell. Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. No... <laughs> Don't be shy. And it says, Dear Radio Zork, in order to open the door, we need to know what it looks like with regards to, I don't know, weird keyholes and handles and stuff. Therefore, I vote that we, and here's a prompt sign, look at door. Look at door. I'll handle this one. You see a door. So I hope that... <laughs> okay. You guys. Remember, your choices are to try the key on the door. That's A, right? A, to key, try the key on the door, B, to turn the knob, or C, to push the door without using the key. What about option four? What is option four? I believe option four is wait outside the door for another guest to arrive. Ah, uh, that's true. There's always that. So A, B, C, or four. Those are your options. <laughs> uh, coincidentally, or not so coincidentally, since I chose these letters. <laughs> the, <laughs> oh, what a spooky the coincidence. The has revealed his design. <laughs> Do you want to play a little game? <laughs> Truly, Dan does not play dice with the universe. <laughs> the final uh, play a little game. <laughs> the final letter of the night is from Dave, last name withheld, who the writes. Letter of the night da, 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 from da, da, Dave da, da, da. Navarro. Yeah, oh. he writes. <laughs> yep. Dear Flophousers, rejoice, Colehousers. <laughs> rejoice for Radio Zork already exists, sort of. My friend, Jared Swordson, is a game designer. <laughs> Jared, son of sword. Sorenson. Born on a battlefield. Sorenson. Son of Sauron. All right. He's a game designer. Child of the Dark One. A couple of years ago, he designed Action Castle, 
a party game in which a player takes on the role of computer when you play Zork. Placed on the show Castle. <laughs> Gather a group of friends to take turns issuing commands to the parser, whom the game encourages to respond in the infuriating, literal way we all remember from classic Zork. Huh. It's a small game that fits on a double-sided sheet of paper. I've enclosed a link to a PDF version so you can check it out. If you like Action Castle, Jared wrote uh, six or seven other versions with different settings, including Space Station, Spooky Manor, Z-Ward, a zombie adventure, and Action Castle 2. Here's the link. More Castle-in. I hope you all get a kick out of it, but given Stuart's deep-cut tabletop RPG references, I suspect he might like it the most. Stuart, you made a Shadowrunner reference in one of the podcasts that included a reference to a person not having a social identification number, Mm -hmm. a sin. Please know that at least one chummer out here knew what you're talking about. Watch out for the Gru, Dave, last name withheld. I printed out Action Castle here for Stuart. Oh, great. Uh, So am I going to play this? Oh, that does look cool. Um, How many new yen would this cost? (laughs) That's another Shadowrun reference. I know a man on all that stuff. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, uh... You know, my nerdiness is it was just in uh, the area of being socially awkward. No, well, that looks uh, really like great. Cartoons. That's true. I like the uh, I like the font that they use for the name Action Castle. It's uh, spelled out with bricks, and there's a uh, there's a, a wooden door there. Uh, you know, I, I think it's I'm, got it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's something I would uh, want to write a paper with, <laughs> <laughs> I, or at least a suicide note. <laughs> I don't need these wingdings anymore. Let's use the action castle font. <laughs> Suicide note and wingdings. If you cared about me, you would fucking decipher it. <laughs> uh, I guess type it in and then convert it to another font. <laughs> You're like looking through all the individual wingdings. It's a long note, too. Oh, boy. <laughs> Leave it in a bag under the be- bench in the park. I killed myself. <laughs> Donate it all to charity. Uh, I see a. Or you'll never see me again. It's like you never will anyway. It's a suicide note. Uh, so, yeah, thank you for that uh, game. It sounds- yeah, that's great. How many suicide notes do you think have psych in them? Suicide. <laughs> 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 or like star I, of this TV show, Psych. <laughs> or a suicide note says like I had a great life. I was really happy. Not from me. <laughs> well, like, when I was when I was growing up, I definitely had a black T-shirt that had in very uh, large white letters. It just said "Not" across it, and I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I would wear that today. I wish <laughs> I had that shirt. Because you're totally a hipster star of a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Hallie, like Hallie, like seems pleased by that. <laughs> no, I was just yeah. Go on. <laughs> um, so uh, I cut the, the, the sleeves podcast, off. Right? No, there's one home? final. What's uh, the final part of this final thing? Final judgments? We did that. No, where it we, was a good, great movie. We recommend mm-hmm. we a movie at, that we actually We talked like. about music. Yep. Um, Is there any time? Recommend a movie that we actually like. Unlike the we movie like that movies. we watched. We don't like movies. You might tonight. even say we hate movies. But hey, we're not be, allowed to because of copyrights. Yeah, that's true. I'm going to uh, quickly Copy go wrongs. through this. Um I went to there at the film forum. They were doing a series of double features. Did of, you go, travel there by plane? 
I don't get that joke. Just, I'm just, just fishing. Slowing down the. <laughs> you guys were just complaining. Yeah, I'm about... the one slowing the podcast down. I'm sorry, guys. Um, so Dan, did you have popcorn while you were there? What? Oh, Why are you doing this? Of God. You guys wanted to get out of here. And I gotta go just... home and buy my knot t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so and you gotta you gotta get home before the birds come out. <laughs> oh my god! Seriously. Anyway. <laughs> There, there was a series of uh, true crime double features at the film forum, and I, it was one of these cases where I didn't know the films that were playing, but I just sort of took a chance on it because you figure that the programmers there know what they're doing, and you're going to see something interesting. And I saw a movie that I really enjoyed called The Phoenix City Story, which was based on uh, the actual uh, story of... The Phoenix. Phoenix City. Of Greek mythology. And Phoenix is spelled without an O, so if you're looking it up... Spell it in a way that looks like you're misspelling Phoenix. <laughs> uh, but this was a, a town that was uh, notorious uh, for having a bunch of gambling, uh, prostitution, associated um, criminal enterprises. And it was cleaned up by a crusading uh, guy who wanted to be district attorney who ended up being shot down um, in the streets there. It's a very gritty movie. It's a surprisingly sort of brutal film noir that I had never heard of before that involves, among other things, a child being killed and thrown out of a car, which you don't expect to see in one of these movies. Ever. Yeah, ever. In a modern movie, you don't expect to see it. Uh, and it you was don't directed. Even scared to dream. It was, <laughs> it was directed by uh, Phil Carlson, who is sort of a journeyman director who also directed uh, Kansas City Confidential. And he directed uh, Walking Tall, which is interesting to me because the Phoenix City story is a movie that takes a strong stance against uh, vigilante justice when cleaning up a town. <laughs> whereas Walking Ta- Tall is very much in pro, uh, in favor of walking around with a two by four and hitting people <laughs> to clean up a town. The Hacksaw Jim Duggan story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, the Phoenix City story is what I recommend. Uh, anyone else? Uh, Hallie, have you ever seen a movie before? Yeah, I have a recommendation. Uh, The Notebook comes out. Yes. I want to recommend a movie I saw last year or I think probably. Um, Last year or I think probably. (laughs) Doesn't matter because you're going to see it. Not last year. Um, it, the movie it's we called are, last year I think probably at Mary in bed it's called only watch this movie if it's the year that you Hallie watched it no uh, it's the movie we are the best the Swedish movie by Lucas Moodyson um, it's pr- probably pronounced properly <laughs> um yeah, I yeah. Okay. So, so what's it about? So it's about these young I think they're like in junior high rockers who uh these young girls who form this punk rock band and are badass. And the minute I saw it, the anyone I knew who had like a close to teenage age girl, teenage, yeah, teenage age girl, I recommended it to because it's just like such an like you never want to walk out of a movie and genuinely feel like, oh, that was a really feel-good movie because when that word even occurs to you, you feel like a cliche, but this was a feel-good movie. This was so good. Um, it's based on a graphic novel that his wife wrote, um, Coco Moodison, I guess, that's called... The Gorilla? 
No, never good night. It's called the gorilla. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she, she dictated it in um, sign language. It's mostly yeah. about a kitten. Whatever. I researched this. I have facts to deliver you. <laughs> okay, I have. Okay, also directed. Show me love. Fucking Almo together. Lilia forever. Oh, um, he, oh, he did. Uh, uh, Lila forever. Yes, that's a depressing movie. Well, that's what I just. It's a good movie. It's said I just said he did it. Okay, okay so now you legitimized him. So it's a good movie. See now it. that I, now that I, a white male, has said that it's okay. Yeah, the other give my words voice, Elliot. <laughs> uh-huh. So we are the best. I recommend it. Uh, should I go next? <clears throat> no, I'm gonna go. Hey guys, it's me, Stuart. Uh, I'm gonna recommend a movie that I'm gonna. I'll even say it's a slightly qualified recommendation. But I recently watched Ex Machina which is a movie that came out this year, 2015, I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you weren't sure what year it was now? No, somebody check on your iPhone. Somebody Ellie. get a penny from today. <laughs> um, and it is a... Take a picture with it. <laughs> it is for my suicide note. <laughs> uh, so Ex Machina he wants, is he a... a <laughs> picture of himself with a penny and then a page of wingdings. <laughs> What are we supposed to do with this? I don't know, but he was clearly depressed. (laughs) So Ex Machina is a science fiction thriller, and it is a movie about a young man who works for a Google-type company who gets invited to spend the weekend at a top-secret research facility slash home uh, by the head of that company, who is like this crazy, uh, like... Steve Jobs character played by Oscar Isaacs, who has probably the best bald beard action I've seen in a <laughs> long time. Uh, and it is a, uh, and he, this uh, elusive head of this company, slowly introduces, well, not even that slowly, introduces this young uh, contest winner to this experiment that he's performing. And it is a, a uh, thriller that ends up not being all that thrilling at times. It's not. Uh, it's, but it's creepy. It has a it's creepy, pervasive but, creepiness. Which is true, but it's not. I don't think it's patient enough to really consider it like a good thriller. However, it is a beautiful movie. The performances are great. There's some really great scenes, including this amazing dance scene with Oscar yeah. Isaac. Um, and it has some really great uh, gender uh, yeah. like a really interesting commentary on gender and it's, uh, yeah. So I think it's a, I think it's a really great movie and it st- stuck with me. It just doesn't necessarily work uh, as a thriller I, for I, me. I think I liked it a little bit more than you. I, I would have recommended it this week if I hadn't already sort of decided on what my recommendation was. And the main guy is, is, is great, but Particularly Oscar Isaac and the woman who does the uh, yeah, robot, I mean that Alicia Vikander like they were that's amazing. a breakout performance yeah. for her. It's a kind of amazing. Uh, I want to see that movie. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I was going to recommend. I wanted to recommend a religious movie. Uh, mm. to keep in theme with Left the Behind. The name of the rose. <laughs> because even though I am not a Christian, I often find myself touched and inspired by overtly Christian works of art. Unfortunately, two of the movies that I thought of to recommend, I've recommended already. A Matter of Life and Death and Winterlight. Uh, so I've decided this is also going to be a slightly qualified recommendation because I think this movie is more interesting than great. It's like a not a bad movie, but it's more interesting than anything else. And it's called The Next Voice You Hear. 
Mm-hmm. It's a movie from 1950 where one night at 8.30, God appears on the radio and just kind of talks through the radio to everyone on Earth. And he, and he just, says, hey, what's up? He's like, hey, I'm taking requests. <laughs> so I'm going to slap some platters on the, on the matter. I got a stack of black shellac. Medications and medications. Going out to Ginny in San Diego. So he's like, an old, like he's an old-timey Gary radio says he's like, sorry. Going out to 100,000 Malaysians. It's a tsunami. Let's take it away. But uh, he, uh, you never hear. You know what you did. But you ne- <laughs> the audience never hears what God is saying over the radio, and people are not quite sure what's going on. But as opposed to Left Behind where – you're seeing something religious has taken place and the result is devastation and chaos and fire. This is a much more like small scale and kind of calmer and contemplative movie where a family and the people they know are kind of trying to wrap their heads around the idea that God is actually reaching out and communicating to people and through this very common manner of the radio. And it's like, uh, it's not an amazing movie. It's directed by William Wellman who did direct a number of amazing movies, but, uh, but it's an interesting movie, and it's a like an in- it's just an interesting thing to see. It's the kind of movie that I have trouble seeing someone making now because it's both overtly religious, but it's not 2012, you know, or like you know, it's not apocalyptic, you know. And that's called Destiny turns on the radio. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's got Nancy Travis and Gwen Tarantino. It's called the the next that's voice super you hear. 90s. <laughs> yeah, about as nineties as it can get. Yeah, they're all eating whatchamacallit. They're all listening to the single soundtrack. (laughs) In every scene. Uh, They're all like, what about this President Clinton, huh? I hope he never has an extramarital affair. Let's all watch Party (laughs) 5. Hey, the X-Files is on, and then Seinfeld. Uh, So, guys... Uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for being a friend. Allie, thanks for starring in the podcast once again, as we do every week. Thank you for having me as the star. Sharing the limelight with us a little bit. Yeah, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, <laughs> you don't sound like I'm welcome. Super yeah. dismissive. Allie's already calling her Uber, so we should, uh, <laughs> we should sign off. Uh, for the podcast, I've been Dan McCoy. I've been Stuart Wellington. I think I'm Elliot Kalen. And the star. And I'm Hallie Hagland. As herself. Good night, everyone. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>It's Cagemus in July. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle bells. Jingle all the way. Ah! <laughs> Should we do another one? <laughs> yes. Okay. We watched Left Behind. Did you want to say on this episode? No. <laughs> Should we do another one? Sure. <laughs> Can we just on- keep doing these all night? <laughs> yeah.